1: All right, we are live. You can see uh, Dennis and Matt here with me. We are live on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. I think I haven't said Facebook yet. Uh, it is a beautiful Monday, June 29th, almost July. It feels like this year is surprisingly going by very fast with everything going on. Dennis, Matt, how was your weekend? How you guys doing today?
2: Well, I'll tell you, fellas, uh, when you get to be of a certain age, they all go by fast. <laughs>
3: Well, you know, I I was going to say, our friend Dennis there posted a huge uh, milestone post on Twitter yesterday, if you guys didn't see it, and I just want to take this time to say I'm very proud uh, to be on the show with you and uh, the great example that you're setting for folks out there. Very excited for you.
2: Well, thanks. Uh, You know, it it hasn't always been easy. Uh, It's fairly easy nowadays, but... uh, There's there've been some ups and downs and uh, and I'm happy that my wife stuck with me through it. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of good things going on in life right now. And uh, coronavirus beside, you know, everything else is going pretty well.
1: Yes, so to match the serious note, I'll go somewhat uh, lighthearted here. Congratulations on that. And I, you had a very nice butt on there as well the other day. I, did. So I appreciate That was tasty. It. It well, good. I appreciate that nice little butt online for us. You,
2: you know, and, and just talking about alcoholism and drug abuse. So one of the things that when people first find out a lot of the time, they're like, oh, my God, wait a minute. Oh, let me put this away. And, and I, I, I want to reassure people that, You know, when we get together and have meet and greets for the industry and whatnot, I'm okay to go to a bar. I'm in a good spot. I I have a support system. And just because I have a problem with alcohol and drugs doesn't mean the rest of the world does. There's certainly many people out there who do, and feel free to reach out uh, if if that's your need. My DMs are open. But I I get it. I'm not... I'm not, you know, what we call an earth person when it comes to drugs and alcohol. I, you know, I can't, it's like lays to me. I can't have just one.
1: Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's a bad thing. I think we've all known people that have unfortunately struggled with, with stuff like that, and it's good to see, like, you, you posted 20 years sober and clean. That's, that's really cool. So we are we are very happy for you, very proud of you. As, as you mentioned, it's a daily struggle. We're glad, at least on Mondays and Thursdays, we can somewhat help you with that, although we might, you know. Yeah, might we might be the you.
3: cause of the struggle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. You might turn to Jackie on Mondays Thursdays and Thursdays like, God, I hate these two guys right here, so. All right, let's talk about uh, Cam Newton. We were just talking off air. Matt was all excited about Jared Sinem, and then Cam Newton decided to come out and kind of ruin all those uh, Jared Sinem truthers uh, weekends this weekend as he signed with the New England Patriots for one year. I didn't see much. I know it's an incentive-laden deal. Did anybody see it? Up to
2: $7.5 Is is what yeah. he can make.
1: So he can make up to $7.5 million. I mean, I, I kind of feel like it was almost a no-brainer. We, we had kind of talked about it earlier in the offseason. as one of the places he could go. It had to be a deal like this because New England is kind of strapped uh, with their money toward the cap. It's a good thing for us we haven't talked about the AFC East yet, so that we can go a little bit more in depth when we get there. But uh, what percentage would you guys lean on Cam getting the job for the New England Patriots to start the season?
2: I'd say – as long as he's healthy, it's his job to lose.
1: Yeah,
3: ninety nine point nine <laughs> percent.
1: Okay, I wasn't sure. I, I saw some people out there who are still kind of banging the drum for and I, I agree with both you guys. I think outside of us, outside of an injury. It's well, you hearings. know what's
3: what's frustrating is they, they said they've been working on this deal for weeks, more than a month, and I'm like, you guys, it's been out there just for like months talking about how oh. Bill, completely confident in of and Hoyer. And we're like, it doesn't make sense, but okay, must see something. now we've been working on this for like 10 weeks. We just finally got it done. Okay, that makes more sense.
1: So we unfortunately already gave our quarterback rankings. We finished him up last Thursday. So now knowing that Cam going to be in New England, where would you guys rank him just roughly right now in your quarterback ranks?
2: Probably somewhere in the – 10 to 15, 12 to 16 with, with some upside, uh, you know, he, he could, the person he may damage this year is Sony Michelle. If he gets back into that, every time we're inside the 20, I'm going to take it myself. And Cam ends up with eight or nine rushing touchdowns. And Sony comes Sony's 900 yard, 10 touchdown season becomes a 850-yard, two-touchdown season.
3: Yeah, so, you know, I'm going to say, for me, he's a middle-to-lower QB, two for the time being. Um, A, you know, he didn't look good and couldn't stay on the field last year, but he got injured in 2018, couldn't come off. I think we had thought a lot of the reason uh, we hadn't seen him signed is nobody's exactly sure what he has, you know, how healthy he is. Um, you know, the team that obviously would have seen the most out of him, Carolina, didn't have any compunction with signing Bridgewater to sixty-three million dollar deal and setting him free. And the second for me is Stidham was lower in our rankings where we had him, not just because we've never seen anything from him, but because I don't think quarterback was the only problem New England had last year. Uh, you know I saw a lot of, it was like a mixed reaction on Twitter yesterday some people saying we're about to have a Patriots Buccaneers Super Bowl and some people saying hey Cam Newton inherits the worst set of receivers and running backs in the NFL I think it's probably somewhere in between but you know he's still going out there with Edelman's 34 has been pretty decent but we don't know where he's at we have no idea what they're going to do with tight end Mo new coming off of a an injury, you know, to his foot. We don't know what they're going to have there. Nikhil Harry still kind of a mystery. The depth chart beyond that, you know, do you believe Marquise Lee is going to come back from missing what three or four seasons for the Jaguars and look like he did for what a few months at one point in time? So there's still, you know, a lot of questions about what they're going to do there. I don't know if I'm ready to. You know, some people were talking about well, Newton's easily going to finish over Brady he doesn't have anywhere near the weapons they have in Tampa Bay. And in my opinion, he doesn't have as good of an offensive play caller either because I am not a Josh McDaniels believer. We saw, we've saw, we seen the Patriots win 17-14 and be content to do that. Just because they have Cam Newton doesn't mean they're not going to be content to try to do that.
2: Well, I, I think with Cam, one of the things to look at is who were the wide receivers he had in his MVP season? Corey he Brown, had, he had I mean,
3: everyone's hero, Kevin
2: Benjamin. <laughs> uh, Ted, I think, wasn't it Corey Brown, Ted, Ginn? You yeah. know, he it,
1: Kelly, Ted did he have Devin Funchess at that point? or was Funchess maybe it was
2: maybe it was Funchess. Funchess. So yeah, it's it you know it it wasn't. But he had
3: Greg Olson though.
2: Yeah, so
1: and I, I he think had that Edelman. It, it,
2: it, when you take Edelman, who's who. Edelman has a concrete role and takes up a concrete space in an offense. Um, I think Nikhil Harry is going to – Harry becomes the deep threat, in my opinion. I I think you have Edelman short, Sanu intermediate, Harry is the deep threat, and Jacoby Myers is the four, and then you have James White probably with 90 targets out of the backfield.
3: So as receivers that season, you're correct. Corey Brown, Ted Ginn, Ted Olson, Ginn. Ed Ted Dixon. Ginn. Um, he didn't even have Kelvin Benjamin. I was wrong about that. He had Jericho Cottery.
1: The man, that's bad. So, yeah, I am mean, not. Uh,
2: you know, I, I, I kind of feel like he the, did uh, have punches too. I was, the, I just, found the, him the, out. the Patriots stack up pretty well against that group. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I'm with you on the. I don't think he's. Only reason I could see him having a better season than Brady is because of the rushing. And like Dennis said, if he gets a bunch of those touchdowns down in the end zone, like we've seen him do in Carolina, I think he'll be able to get over Brady just because of what we talked about in the quarterback episode. That rushing and those rushing touchdowns mean a lot. Uh, but I'm with you on the throwing and passing touchdowns. I think obviously the, he's Brady's got much better weapons than Tampa. That, that's not even an argument. All right. So does that make New England the favorite in the East now? Are we all kind of jumping off Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills all of a sudden? Where everybody was kind of talking about them having the the, the East in the bag and now the Patriots signed Newton, are they right back to being the favorites again?
2: Well, I, I feel like the winner of the East was probably gonna be a nine and seven team before, and it's probably gonna be a nine and seven team now. It's, it's it. It yeah. could be it, maybe it goes from Buffalo at nine and seven to New England at nine and seven, but I I, I don't know if I'm. There's not a, a there's there's a lot of stuff going on there that needs to get worked out in in that division.
3: I, I'm still gonna pick Buffalo right now. I think they were really close to being able to uh, you know eclipse New England at times last year. Both their games were really close. Um, And New England didn't just lose, you know, Tom Brady. They lost quite a few Marquee names on defense, too. So they have some rebuilding to do there. If New England won the division, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me because they have an incredible uh, head coach who's been able to rebuild. But I think at this point, I still think Buffalo enters the season to me as the team I think has the best chance.
1: All right, before we talk about the Rams, one little trivia question for you guys really quick. You might already know the answer. Um, so there are only two QBs right now that have multiple games against Bill Belichick and the Patriots and have beaten them and have not lost. They are undefeated against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. One is Cam Newton, who is and 2-0. Who is the other? He played for your beloved Denver Broncos, Matt. I will give you that hint. Is and Arizona, but I feel like I may oh. have just given too much away.
3: Who's active?
1: Now? Yeah, he won. He won. Uh, I didn't go all the way look at it. He's 4-0 against the Patriots, and he beat the Patriots in the regular season and in the playoffs in one season.
2: He played in Denver think- and Arizona?
1: Arizona? I don't think you guys will get it. It is not a name that jumps to mind. The only reason I know this is because I heard it today.
2: Denver and Arizona. I'm trying to think of who. Boy, if I the time. It, it.
1: If I had, if I had a music, I'm gonna see. Ah. I know. I don't think he played in 2006. I believe when I was looking at that, Danny Cannell was the quarterback for the Broncos in 2006. No, it may have been before that. 2004. Danny Cannell played oh, Jake for him. He got Plummer? Jake Plummer is the correct answer. Yes, he's not active. No, I didn't say active. Yeah, I so just asked.
3: I just asked you, was he is, oh, is he no, active? And you said, yeah. That's oh, what I I'm like trying that. to think who is.
1: My bad. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you ask the question. I was just saying there there were two QBs. Yeah, because uh, no, I didn't hear you say Jake, active, Jake
3: Plummer for Denver was the one that led us into the AFC Championship game in 2005, where yes. it was Tom Brady's first playoff loss. Champ Bailey picked Brady in the end zone and returned it at almost a hundred yards. That was one of our best teams and then they rewarded him by drafting jay cutler and his confidence went right into the shitter and he was out
1: i don't know i didn't i didn't hear you ask that so i I I asked active
3: because i was trying to think anybody who's actually currently that's why i guess flacco because of active quarterbacks when he was with baltimore they sometimes had better success against
1: new england all right, let's talk about the Rams. Let's knock out after today we will be finally done with the NFC and get to jump on to the AFC conference starting next week. So Los Angeles Rams finished nine and seven and missed the playoffs last year. What kind of Rams team do you guys expect in 2020 with all the changes we have seen on offense and the ton of players they have brought in on defense?
2: I I think it's gonna be a, a touch conservative on offense. Um you know they still have some good weapons in Cup and Robert Woods, Tyler Higby. They'll have to sort out their running backs. I, I I don't expect anybody to to get all of the touches that uh, Gurley had. So I think that if if you essentially if you take Gurley and um, Brown and Henderson from last year. Probably Brown will have the more similar 2020 to his, uh, 2019. I think Henderson's usage to go up and acres being a better at be, just being a good athlete and a high draft pick is going to get a shot.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's obviously a very competitive, uh, division, um, so I think I think the Rams are not going to be demonstrably worse than they were last year. The question is whether they, you know, take a step up, maybe have some better luck. Uh, I know that with the opening of their they're supposed to open their new stadium could give them some some uh, some encouragement. But what has me a little weary is we have yet to see a team that does hard knocks in the off season have a uh, successful. Going through the season, and since the Rams and the Chargers are doing hard knocks, that has—if I was a Rams fan—I'd be a little bummed. That's why I secretly pray against Denver being on hard knocks every year.
1: Hey, the Browns had their most successful season in a long time that year. That they were on hard knocks, so you and never still, know.
3: And still, we're not a <laughs> playoff team, though.
1: That's true. That's true. But you know, they were successful, and, and that's all that matters in my.
3: The last opinion. time the Rams did hard knocks, they got their coach fired. So.
1: Well, wow, I mean that. I mean, should he have been their head coach? Though I think that's the real question we should be asking.
2: So
3: Jeff Fisher has been to and lost as many Super Bowls as uh, Sean McVay.
2: So Goff threw the ball 626 times last year, which is pretty high. Yeah. Uh, I would, I, I would bet that they're probably going to try to bring that down. I mean, he had a mm. 22 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. The interceptions were kind of high. I think their, it
1: if I'm their throwing defense
3: it something else didn't exist though last year, so that's the real question. yeah I, they they I don't think they came into it like, hey, we're going to throw the ball a billion times, but I mean, think about some of those games were in the forties and fifties
2: yeah they uh they rushed the ball four hundred and one times with Gurley getting two hundred and twenty three of them. So you know, I could see Brown, you know, in the 80 carry range. And that's going to leave, what, 280 carries to split between uh, Henderson and Akers. So I could see them, you know, like a 130 and 180 or something like that. I know that's higher than the number, but uh, I feel like they're going to try to run it more. So 150, 120 kind of split.
1: Uh, Cam Akers is one of the new additions you just mentioned there. uh, Second-round pick in the draft this year. They also took Van Jefferson, a wide receiver in the second-round pick. Bryce Hopkins, the tight end in the fourth round. And really all of their free agents have been defensive. They have not done much on the offense outside of bringing back Andrew Whitworth. Uh, some of their losses. They cut Todd Gurley. They cut JoJo Nats, and I only mentioned that because he went to the Browns. So I thought that was kind of a cool move for them. Uh, and then they traded Brandon Cooks of uh, their expiring contracts at the end of this season. Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds, Gerald Everett, Joshua Kelly, Malcolm Brown, and of course the guy they gave up all those picks for, Jalen Ramsey. Fantasy finishes last year. Goff, QB 15 with 248.3 points. Todd Gurley, RB12 with 195. Cooper Cup, wide receiver 7 with 201.1 points. Robert Woods, wide receiver 21, 170.8. Brandon Cooks, wide receiver 62 with 91 points. Josh Reynolds, wide receiver 91 with 54.1 point, 54, 51.4 G's. And then Tyler Higby, tied in 10 with 107.5 points. Is this what we should expect from golf to stick around the QB 15 number moving forward for his career?
2: I feel like he's kind of a middle of the road talent. Um, at, at times, if everything is going right for them, he's going to have a couple good years. So it'll be curious to see how long they stick with him. It's a, uh, you know McVeigh went from being a genius to being an idiot to being competent, and I think he was probably just competent all along. Uh, so he's going to have to now. They the Rams have to work themselves out of their pretty terrible cap situation. They have the twenty eighth fewest uh, cap space, twenty eighth lowest cap space in the NFL. So they're going to have to take a couple years and try to work that out. I, that's why I think everybody was shocked when they did the, the Ramsey trade. Um, but if they, can, if they can get their cap space under control, then they're going to have to go and invest in their offensive line. And if their offensive line comes together, maybe then it boosts uh, Goff up to the 10 to 12 range. But I, I, I kind of feel like he's a 14 to 18 kind of guy.
3: Yeah, I kind of agree on the range there. I think it's interesting with the Rams, you knew when they announced their kind of move to Los Angeles and that they were building this big stadium, it seemed like they were trying to time it right to peak uh, at that point in time, and it feels like they peaked too early. They kind of went from zeros to Super Bowl and then splash out these huge contracts on just a ton of Uh, players they're almost like oprah giving away something at the end of a end of a show it's like you get a contract you get a contract and i they still are going to have a you know work to do after this even with the ones that they've moved and now kind of with ramsey they're obviously going to have to pay him or let him walk we've seen them kind of cycle through some high profile talent and stuff you know, especially on, on defense, you know, they brought in Marcus Peters, they brought in a Cube to leave. They got rid of Marcus Peters. They got rid of a Cube to leave. They got Jalen Ramsey, you know, on offense, they went and traded for Brandon cooks. Now they've moved Brandon cooks. They gave Todd Gurley a huge contract. They cut Todd Gurley and now they're trying to use young running backs and Jared Goff, you know, I think you when know, we were talking about the consistency guy, he probably had a better season than we thought. Of last year because they just weren't a great team i still just don't know for fantasy he's always been okay pretty solid qb2 my reservations about goff are is he the guy you want in a game that's really important
2: yeah i mean you know referring back to the salary cap the rams have almost 34 million in a dead cap in 2020 that's third most in the nfl
1: Golly, there's still two teams. And worth worth we we sure.
2: Jackson and Carolina, Jacksonville and Carolina, and the Patriots are fourth at twenty four million.
3: We forgot uh, the Rams probably most devastating offensive losses that they let Legatron go to the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, because I don't think you can underestimate that. You know, kicker, we don't talk about a lot, but he was one of those kickers that to me was a huge difference maker. I would think that's going to be an interesting swing you know when you have a guy that's yeah, I mean, intended, yeah yeah <laughs> when you have a guy that's deadly from that kind of a distance you feel more comfortable trotting out and knowing you're going to get three points does this mean at times they are more aggressive on offense like you see from teams that have that have been in kicking purgatory
1: yeah. so Acres played behind one of the worst offensive lines in college uh he's going to one of the prepared him for the nfl yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So he he seems prepared for his job now with the Rams. However, some people are very high on Henderson still and think that he might actually be uh, the guy to start over Acres. Which way do you guys lean?
3: Well, I wrote about Henderson, so I I think I established my position. Well, All recap right. it
2: for everybody. Yeah.
3: I I mean I think people have given up on Henderson. I think that you're right that they're probably both going to split, but. You know, he, Henderson is super cheap in yeah. drafts now because everybody just assumes Acres is going to be the new Todd Gurley and Todd. You know, Darrell Henderson died because he didn't do anything last year. I don't think that's necessarily the case.
2: Yeah, I, I think the challenge for Henderson was that the offensive scheme didn't suit his talents, and you saw them start to change that a little bit at the end of last season. I. I feel like drafting Cam Akers, he didn't necessarily fit the scheme either. And so that may be sort of foreshadowing of them adjusting how they're going to run their offense. They're going to, they, it looks like they're going to adjust to accommodate Henderson and Akers' skill set, which could make them more explosive on the ground. Uh, I, I think Henderson does have some talent. And him and Akers could make a nice one two punch this season. Uh, It'll all come down to does their offensive line hold up?
3: The real question, too, is Malcolm Brown's still there. And, you know, we don't like to think or or talk about him, but he was a dream crusher last year. You know, a lot of people were, oh, Henderson's going to come in every time they need to spell Gurley. That was not always the case. And that was a real bummer sometimes. So. You never know with McVay, you know, where he's going to pull a Malcolm Brown, CJ Anderson, throw you the finger.
2: I mean, I guess the unfortunate thing for Brown is that he's just not as talented as Henderson and Akers. I mean, he's he's the epitome of a journeyman offensive or running back. You know, he's solid. He's not going to make mistakes. You know, that's he, that's really the thing he has going for him is he's not going to make mistakes. Uh, he he's capable when it comes to catching the ball, but he's not going to be explosive like acres or, or Henderson. And if he gets a, if he gets a nice hole, he he's going to run the play like it's executed and he can do good, but he's, he's not a game changer from the running back position.
3: So what you're saying is solid is good in a dining room table, but not so much in a running back.
2: I, I think it depends on what your offense is doing. You know, it's, it, it's one of those things that I, I like Brown okay. I just think that yeah. when push comes to shove, he's going to be in there when it's imperative that a mistake is not made because you've got a rookie who's going to have to learn the offense. And for all intents and purposes, a guy going into his second year that looks like he struggled to look, pick up the offense uh, but he he did show improvement, and so if you if you need to be a hundred percent sure, I know this guy's going to hit this hole and get me this many yards, or he's going to make this block and keep my quarterback alive, uh, or he's going to be able to make this chip and get open in the flat. Uh, I know this for sure. It's going to be Malcolm Brown. So that's where I think his eighty to one hundred touches come from.
3: And that kind of you know that kind of reminds me. Um... Of Denver a couple of years ago they had drafted uh, Royce Freeman and they had signed Philip Lindsay and they were clearly better runners but you saw and they just kept it. giving
2: Devontae Booker the goddamn well, ball
3: but they put Devontae Booker in there I think for a lot of the reasons you're talking about especially right. the blocking thing every time you know it was like a crucial third down Booker was in there and not even so much because they wanted to throw him the ball but because they like, like you were saying trusted that he was not going to let his quarterback get assassinated
2: right yeah that's, i think it's a
1: very it's interesting camp battle to watch especially hopefully when we get training camps here now in a little less than a month um because henderson kind of has some high draft capital as well everybody keeps talking about the draft capital with acres and i mean they did take him as their first pick uh in this draft this past draft in the second round but henderson was the third round pick as well so it's not like he was a fifth or sixth round pick so he has a little bit of draft capital behind him as well uh, i'll be interested to see both those i think i'm I'm kind of on your side, though, Matt. I mean, with as cheap as you can get Henderson, I might just try and take him and, and see what I can get out of him, especially in a baseball format. Uh, we know Brandon Cooks is now gone. He is with the Houston Texans, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yep, He's yep, Houston Houston. Now? Yeah. yeah. Um, do we see a step up from Woods at all? He's been a guy who's consistently finished as a wide receiver, too. As uh, we talked about on previous episodes, he continually gets disrespected. Uh, Do we see any kind of step up from him, or do you think it goes more toward Van Jefferson and Josh Reynolds?
3: Well, I mean, Woods had 139 targets and 90 receptions last year. You could argue that the Brandon Cooks uh, fade-out really began last year because Cooks, by comparison, only had 72 targets and 42 receptions. I think that's about the space you would figure a Josh Reynolds-Van Jefferson third-receiver combo is going to go going to do. It seemed like last year Woods and Cup were the, the two guys, both of them, over 130 targets. It's hard to imagine he's going to get that much more for me.
2: Yeah, it was it was the, the uh, Brandon Cooks push out, not the Brandon Cooks fade out. I, I think they made a conscious decision that they were trying to run more to tight end. Uh, mm. they, they like Everett uh, and Higby has really stepped up. So I can see them running more 12 personnel um, when you have a, a second tight end that's as athletic as uh, Everett. Um, Jefferson, I, you know, he's coming in as a rookie. He's He's got a little bit of a pedigree, but he also is still a rookie with a truncated training camp. Um, so I expect Woods and, and Cup both to be up there probably in the top 15 top 17 uh, of wide receivers, it, I'm not too concerned with Robert Woods' production. I, I, I think you, you can draft him comfortably as your wide receiver, too.
3: Yeah, so Woods what finished in PPR. I'm looking at ESPN's PPR scoring four, wide receiver 14 last year. Um, you know, So okay. that seems about right. To in full PPR?
2: About. Yep, full okay. PPR.
1: Do you guys think Cooper Cup can finish as a top ten wide receiver again? And do you think he possibly comes back, or is this his last year with the Rams?
2: Man, that's a tough one because him and Goff—I I think he can finish as a top ten because Goff trusts him. Yeah. So he—he's the—he is the number one receiver there. There's—there's there's no disputing that. So he can. Uh, what, what he in half PPR last year, uh, through sixteen games he finished as the the wide receiver four.
3: He was yeah. wide receiver four in full PPR too.
2: So, top I, can he finish top ten? Yeah, because he's we've seen it. He's done it. Um, the challenge that's in front of him when it comes to returning is going to be: Does LA have room under the cap for him? Yeah.
3: And it looks. I like don't know. The- the big difference between him and woods last year was touchdowns cup got 10 woods got two one finished wide receiver four. one re- finished wide receiver 14 if they kind of meet closer to the middle which seems a little more likely you know you could have both of them on the fringe of being wide receiver ones
1: yeah they continue to talk about the disrespect poor old woods gets unfortunately um I know you just mentioned Everett Higby a second ago, Dennis, do you, do you either one of you think Everett can affect Higby's fantasy value at all? Or did Higby establish himself as the fantasy and go-to tight end for the Rams last year? Uh,
2: I feel pretty confidently that he's established himself. Um, he's, he's out there. Uh, Can, can Everett play a big role and, and produce good numbers? He can, uh, but it's gonna come if you're in one, if you're in uh, eleven personnel or thirteen personnel, then or wait, eleven, let's see. Yeah, if oh, you're in if a you're one. in eleven or four wide, uh, it's gonna be Higby. If you're in twelve personnel, it's Higby and Everett. Uh, occasionally I think Everett may line up as the fourth wide receiver in a five wide set, but or four running four wide receivers. So it's it's one of those situations uh, that Higbee is going to have the most points over the course of the season. I think Everett is going to be the boom bust guy. I think Higbee yeah. will be more reliable, but you you're going to have games where Everett might have a 6 for 90 and two touchdowns where Higbee'll be more consistently, you know, 6 for 75 and you know averaging a half a touchdown a game or something.
3: Yeah, I I mean, I think you saw both of them contribute at times last year. I'm solidly Team Higby if you're talking about drafting for fantasy. But Everett managed to get 60 targets, 37 receptions, over 400 yards last year. And I think the question of, you know, how much of a role Everett can play is going to end up, who is that third wide receiver for the Rams? How many targets are they getting? Are they a closer approximation of what... Cooks was last year going down and how much do they get the running backs involved and going, Uh, you know, and to Dennis's point, do they throw a little bit less, you know, are they a little bit of a better uh, team, because I think you know we know that. Cook Cup and Woods are going to get theirs, both of them over 130 targets last year. I think Higby is the the next kind of man in the pecking order. And then below that, there's quite a few guys that could ebb and fall. Um, Everett's just not
1: a guy I'd want to have to rely on week to week. All right, let's talk about some over-unders. Over being bad, under being good. Jared Goff, QB 14 in 2020, over or under?
2: I'm going to go over.
1: I'm going to go over as well. As will I. His ADP is 149. He is currently the 16th QB off the board. Just ahead of him, Matt Stafford, Daniel Jones, and Aaron Rodgers. Are you taking him over any of those three? I am
2: not. No. You know, I could – no. I was going to say there may be a time where I might pull the trigger on Rodgers. Um, and take him take him over Rodgers, but no, I, I like Stafford and Jones. Rodgers all better than him.
1: Agreed. Right behind him, Drew Locke, Sam Darnold, and Kirk Cousins. Are you taking any of those three over golf? Uh,
2: I'm probably I'm taking, taking Locke and Darnold.
3: I'm taking Locke for sure. Um, Sam Darnold, I have to see something with the Jets first. Um, but I think I like Goff's potential passing volume a little bit more than Cousins where it seems like they're run first team.
1: I agree. I would take Locke. I'd probably take Darnold too. Uh, just, I don't know. I, I mean, we got to, we keep saying they're going to turn it around. It's got to happen, right? Eventually. But uh, it, uh, that'd be more of a coin flip. As much as I love captain clutch, uh, I think Goff throws it more than him in Minnesota. So I take him over Cousins. Acres RB sixteen in twenty twenty over or under?
2: Mm. Over. Yeah, let's see. RB sixteen last year was Drake. He scored one hundred and eighty nine points. So I am going to say over as well.
1: All right, he is has an ADP of thirty. He is the fifteenth RB off the board. Just ahead of him. Austin Eckler, J.K. Dobbins, and Derrick Henry. Are you taking him over any of those three?
3: I am not.
2: Me, uh, me either. And I, I hate Henry. Though I did <laughs> just trade for him, but
1: oh man, I think it would be hard for me to not take him over Henry. I, I somewhat believe in him, but I just, I also think he's. I take Akers. I I don't know what Henry's future is going to be. I think Henry clearly probably has a better year than Akers this year, but I don't know if he signs for long-term with Tennessee, if someone else even gives him a shot. I know Akers is going to be in Los Angeles for at least the next four years and likely is going to be a starter, so go ahead and just go ahead and give me acres at that point. Uh, un- uh,
3: fast forward to ninety minutes from now when the Titans announce a seven-year contract with Derrick Henry. Nah, Derrick mm-hmm. Henry still Hashtag sucks. twenty
1: twenty. I gotta stay on that train. It's that train's already long going past the station, man. Uh, I, I'm stuck on that one. Uh, right behind him, Kenyon Drake uh, Jones. Jeez, who? Why did I forget who this That'd is? that be Aaron Jones, right? I would probably be correct. Aaron Jones because would be the
3: other. On- yeah.
1: Who uh would you take any of those three over that
3: I'd take all three over him.
2: I uh, I it'd be a coin flip with Swift, but I'd take Drake and Jones over him.
1: Uh I agree. I think man, I'd probably actually take all three because I love I love DeAndre Swift. I thought he was the best running back coming out, so I would actually take all three. Over. Kind of tells you
3: uh, how much the rookie running back ADP is starting to eat into. I mean, a guy like Aaron Jones, who was RB two last year, I don't think any of us think he's going to score nineteen TDs. But that's quite a precipitous fall there.
2: Yeah, yeah. but it, what if Jones scores what ten or twelve TDs? He's still like RB eight.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, versus a yeah. guy that we're not we're not sure yeah. is going to get their their whole role or what that role is even going to be in uh, Los Angeles.
1: Well, I think a lot of it is just that—it's that rookie fever. Everybody, you know, everybody wants a shiny new toy. And I mean, because Dobbins and them are up there really high too. And I mean, I still think Dobbins is going to have a great NFL career, but he's likely sitting behind uh, Ingram at least this year. So uh, yeah, it, it's just—it's—it's it's insane to see how high some of these rookies are going. Uh, Darrell Henderson, RB thirty-two in twenty-twenty over or under.
2: Uh, I'm going to take under. I, you know, I think that's a, that's a really good number. But I think he's going to get, because him and Akers are going to split the majority of Gurley's touches and maybe a 60-40 split Henderson to Henderson with the 40, Akers with the 60 in the long run, um, maybe even 50-50, uh, I, I'm going to take Henderson. I'm going to say that he's going to finish uh, just under.
3: I'm going to take the
2: slight over. Okay. So uh, I think we, we think he's going to finish like somewhere between running back 31 and 33.
1: Yeah. I'm going to take the slight over as well. Uh, but as Matt mentioned earlier, and it's exactly why I would take him uh, in drafts because his ADP is 135. So over 100 or about 105 rounds after Akers is going right now, or eighty, you know, 105 players, yeah, not 105 yeah. rounds. Makes a little bit more sense, and RB forty forty nine, just ahead of them, Anthony McFarland, Damian Williams, and Matt Breda. Are you taking him over any of those three?
2: I'm probably taking him over all of them. Okay. Breda maybe a toss up, but I'm taking him over McFarland and Damian Williams.
3: Uh, yeah, I think I would take him over all three too. It's it's not clear too what how. Uh... Exactly how is going to be used in Miami.
1: Yeah, I'd take over McFarlane and Breida. Not Breida, D-Will. I would still keep Breida just because I think him and, him and Howard are probably going to split the same amount, and I like his receiving ability. Breida's a little bit more than I do Henderson, so I still kind of hold on to Breida there. Just behind him, uh, Darrington Evans, Joshua Kelly, and Tevin Coleman. Are you taking any of those three over Henderson?
2: Well, Kelly, it comes down to how I'm, how I Kelly and Evans are kind of how I built my team picks. Probably not Uh Coleman. Uh, I can make the case for taking Coleman that, uh, you know, he's going to be in a timeshare and a better running offense. So I can make the case for Coleman pretty easily, but Kelly and Evans, it just depends on, uh, how how if I've got a lot of running back depth, I may take a chance on one of the rookies, even though Henderson's just what his second year.
3: Yeah, yeah. I would not take any of them over Henderson.
1: Uh, I would take Evans. I'd probably take Evans and Coleman would be a toss up for me. I'm really big on Evans this year because of my you know hate for Derek Henry. Coleman would be close. It'd probably be a coin flip. Cooper Cup. Wide receiver 10 in 2020, over or under?
2: I'm going to say under.
3: I'll say under, too.
1: I'm going to go over just because there's a lot of guys who were hurt last year. And I, I like Cup, but I think something Matt, you mentioned earlier, I think his touchdowns come down a little bit more. And if some of those other guys that kind of finished outside the top 12 raise up, I think he drops out just outside. I think he's 11 or 12. Uh, this year, ADP of 39 wide receiver, 17 off the board, just ahead of them. Sutton, Calvin Ridley, and Allen Robinson. You taking them over any of those three?
2: Yeah, I think I'm going to have to revise mine and say over um, as I go. I've been working on, and while they're standard rankings, uh, I've been working on my updates and I've got Cooper down fairly substantially. So, uh, and a half PPR. I think I, I think he's going to be just over. Um, I'm going to take Sutton over him. And
1: uh, oh, there, Sutton's going ahead of him. Are you taking? Okay. Oh, uh, him.
2: Over I'm taking him over Ridley, and okay. and probably a Rod, a Rob.
3: I wouldn't take him over any of those three. I think I'm
1: I, I
2: sold on Ridley. I don't know yeah. what it is. I'm just not sold on him.
1: Like, he's good. My 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 argument in it, because Ridley proved that he could be a very good wide receiver too last year, but that, that's my thing is he's still the two. Julio's going to be the one there. I know Atlanta is probably going to still throw the ball a lot, but as Dennis, you mentioned earlier, Cup is Goff's go-to guy. Cup is going to be the one for that offense. Give me the one in the offense. Sutton's going to be the one. I think A-Rob's going to be the one. So, give me Cup. He's going to be the one. Ridley is good, but he's going to be the, like the third option. And I agree. He's probably I – I think he might be the second option behind Julio. But he uh, – give me Cup. He, he's the number one in that offense. So, I, I'll take him over them. Just behind him, DK Metcalf, Stefan Diggs, and CeeDee Lamb. Are you taking any of those three over Cup?
2: No.
3: Um, I'm going to take Lamb. I'm not saying you
1: should, but I know because of that, that that Cowboys stars beating in your chest right now. Yeah, no, I, would, uh,
3: no, I actually that that's the reason why I would hesitate <laughs> more because I don't know, but I just I just like him.
1: I mean, it, it, yeah, I'm gonna to to give the. uh the in-the-middle answer that Dennis likes to give, depending on how I'm building my team. If I'm building it for younger players, I'm going to go lamb. Otherwise, I'm not taking Matt Caffer digs over him. But in all honesty, depending on how i built my team, I might go lamb. I, I still think he's going to be a stud, uh, especially once Dak's not the quarterback anymore. I'm just kidding.
2: You know, I, I got to be honest that there's probably – we we could be somewhere between two to three weeks away from me thinking – that Metcalf is the next Julio Jones. So
1: <laughs> Hey, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. So Robert Woods, wide receiver nineteen in twenty twenty. Now that Matt gave his his uh, little thing earlier, I feel like that's way too low on him. I'm I'm definitely taking the the under on that. But what about you guys?
3: Yeah, I'll take under too.
2: Yeah.
1: ADP of 52, he is the 25th wide receiver off the board. Uh, McLaurin, Judy, and Chark are going just ahead of him. Are you taking him over any of those three? Take him over Chark. Uh,
2: I'd I'd take him over Judy. Chark would be a coin flip, but uh, I'm all about McLaurin.
1: So I've got to stay on brand like I did with Cup. I'm gonna do the same thing. Uh Judy, I I don't know. I need to see it out of lock in that offense that he can support more than one wide receiver first. Uh I already know Goff can do it with Woods. So I'm gonna take Woods. Uh I've sharks the one, and so is McLaurin. So I'm, I'm gonna keep them. Uh just behind him. Curtis Samuel, Tyler Lockett, and Adam Thielen taking any of those three over him. Nope. Does it?
3: Changed is it Kirk about... or
1: is it Debo? It's Debo. Good call. I was missing it. it's, it's Debo. Got, it's got to be it's Debo.
3: It's
1: Debo. It's Debo. Yeah,
3: I, w- I wouldn't take any of those over him, but uh, just to be clear, Robert Woods was number
1: one in targets for the Rams last year. And it's last year. It's a new year, baby. Cooper up all the way. And it was only like it was
2: it. four targets.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm with you guys. I would not take any of those three over Woods, Van Jefferson, and Josh Reynolds. I'm going to keep them together here on the number. Can I we just on- call
3: them Van Reynolds so that they could be we like can. On Ryan, Van Reynolds? Reynolds
1: Josh 3-8. Jefferson. I guess who who do you guys believe in? Who do you think is going to be that three? Do you think it's going to be Reynolds, or do you think it's going to be Van Jefferson?
3: I think it's going to be unimportant.
2: Yeah, I think it'll be relatively unimportant, but I do think it's going to be Reynolds. I think Jefferson is the heir apparent to Cooper Cup.
1: All right, so we'll go with Reynolds then. Wide receiver 38, over or under?
2: Over. Over.
1: I'll go over as well. ADP 199, wide receiver 82 off the board. Just ahead of him, Antonio Gandy, Golden, Tyler Johnson, and Miles Boykin. Would you take Reynolds over any of those three?
2: Probably Johnson.
1: I guess over Boykin.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can make the case for Boykin because he's the third option on that team, and they're not going to throw the. They're probably going to throw the ball the least amount in the NFL over the next few years. Um, so there's a strong case for Boykin.
1: Yeah, I would take him over Boykin and probably Johnson, but Johnson would be a coin flip for me. Just I, behind just, I like
2: AGG is a stash better. That's yeah
1: oh I agree with you yeah. AGG wouldn't even be a thought he would easily be the one for me uh, just behind him Steven Sims Antonio Brown and JJ Ortega. White side you taking any of those three over Reynolds
2: sometimes I'm taking Sims it's these are these are all these guys that I'm kind of rolling the dice on as we get there and it's like you know I kind of pull them into a group and just grab one. I, I mean, I think I just set J.J. Ortega-Whiteside in my queue in one league, and, and I'm like, all right, i I'll, I'll draft him. We're we're at that point. He's got as good a shot as being relevant as anybody else that's available.
3: I like Steven Sims, so i probably take him. I've taken a few shares um, on the off chance that he ends up being wide receiver two there.
1: All right, I'm just going to give Van Jeffersons really quick, uh, but he is actually going off the board ahead of Reynolds with an ADP of 176, wide receiver 73. Uh, Don't have to worry about that. That one stuff, since we kind of leaned Reynolds or said it was not really important. Tyler Higby, tight end 10 in 2020, over or under?
2: I think under.
3: Tight end 10. I'm going to
1: say under as well. I'm we'll gonna go over just slightly tight end eleven for me. ADP of a of 103. He's the 11th tight end off the board. Just ahead of him, Goddard, Hawkinson, and Henry. You taking him over any of those three?
2: Uh, I'm taking him over Goddard for sure. I'm not taking him over Hawkinson, and. Henry's, man, Henry's close.
3: I don't think I'd take him over any of those three.
1: Yeah, it'd be tough for me to take him over any of those three. I just, i, I got it long, long run. I think he's going to be the better tight end. I like Hawkinson and Henry a lot as well. Uh, just behind him, Mike Gusecki, Austin Hooper, and Hayden Hurst. Are you taking any of those three over Higby?
2: I can make the case for Gusecki. Just because he's a couple years younger.
3: Yeah, I think Gasicki is the one that I would consider taking too, but I probably would take Higby over all
1: three of those right now. I would take Gasicki, but I've been I've been big on Gasicki this offseason. I think he's going to take a big step forward, Uh, and then Gerald Everett to finish out the Rams. Tight end twenty in twenty twenty over under.
2: Uh, Over.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the over uh as well i uh, adp of 204 tight end 30 off the board just ahead of them um, adam troutman dawson knox and david Njoku taking him over any of those three nope
2: uh sorry let me get back where were they um
1: to know for me dog as well
2: you know i there there's so much unknown with troutman Small school guy. He's probably three years away, so I'm probably not taking him anywhere for another couple years. Um, you know, Knox is at the top of the pecking order uh, in in Buffalo, so I would probably take take him over Everett. And then Joku, I, I probably, I think I'm taking Njoku over Everett as well.
1: Just behind him, Will Disley, Greg Olson, and Devin Asiati taking any of those three over Every
2: Nope.
3: I'm gonna take Disley and Asiasi because you know Everett's not a guy I would be grabbing because I thought I was never gonna have to start him week to week.
1: Yeah, I don't think i take any. At that point, i probably just punt tight end altogether and keep grabbing other players, but that's just me. So the Arizona Cardinals, 5-10 and 10 last year. Uh, uh, what kind of step forward do you guys see from Murray and Kingsbury in year two?
2: I'll let Matt take this one.
3: Well, you know – I liked what we saw from Kyler Murray. I'm not sure I'm 100% a believer in Cliff Kingsbury or the Arizona Cardinals. I am a believer that they have zero defense chance. So uh, they will be, you know, throwing the ball and doing some things. I still don't – there are people talking about them possibly being the second best team in the division making the playoffs. I I still think they're going to be the fourth best team in that division.
1: Yeah, I – I've been sold on him. I mean, Dennis knows from last year I was big on Murray. Uh, I think Kingsbury's going to continue to build this offense around him. Add a guy like Hopkins helps, and then Drake, if he can stay healthy. I, I see big things for Arizona. Can't wait to get to our prediction episodes because I feel like I'm going to surprise some people with my Arizona Cardinal thoughts. So, new additions. They traded uh, for DeAndre Hopkins. They signed Kenyon Drake to the, was the franchise tag, correct, is what he signed? Mm-hmm. If I'm remembering correctly. Uh, Transition
2: or franchise, whatever it was.
1: Fitzgerald signed a one-year deal. Their losses and expiring contracts. They traded DJ and then Fitzgerald and Kenyon Drake will also both likely – their deals are up after the season. Can't say they'll both be gone, but their deals will be up after this year. Fantasy finishes. Kyler Murray QB8 with 282.3 points. Kenyon Drake RB18 with 173.4. Hopkins – Wide receiver 3, 217.5, although that was with Houston. Fitzgerald's wide receiver 37, 134.4. Kirk, wide receiver 41, 124.1. And Clay, tight end 44 with 38.7 points. That was ridiculously hard to find, by the way. Second-year leap or a sophomore slump for Kyler Murray? What do you guys think?
2: I I feel like... He's going to be less efficient, um, but the volume is going to be there. Uh, the 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 reduced efficiency is going to come from um, teams figuring that offense out a little bit better. I, I know Hopkins is going to help him, uh, you know, having a, a stud wide receiver like that. But, you know, I, I've never I, – I haven't been sold on Murray, and I'm not sold on Kingsbury either, so – I I feel like it'll be a game or two improvement maybe, but that's about it.
3: Yeah, I I mean, I guess what are we defining as taking
1: a uh, taking a leap? But you know, I think better than what he did last year. Yeah, I'm not. Know. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything miraculously better. Did he? Will he do better than he will last year? Like. Uh, was, oh, my God, why does his name just jump out of my Like Josh Allen? Or are we seeing like a Sam Darnold-Baker-Mayfield step back? It not have to be that dramatic of a step back, but a step back. I mean,
3: fantasy-wise, obviously, when we did our rankings, I had him up in the top five.
1: So No, wait. Did I have him two, two or three? One of I was going to say,
3: I didn't have him too. I don't know.
2: If it, if I didn't it. have him too.
1: This guy
3: did. Yeah, no, I, had, I, I had him at 4 so you know I'm, I guess I'm
1: seeing him So that you know, would be that would up. be a step forward. Yeah. More passing yards. Kyler Murray or Joe Burrow? That's a tough one actually. Um Kyler Murray. I'll go I'll go Murray. I think Hopkins is going to eat. Christian Kirk's got to be good eventually, right? We all loved him.
2: Well, I mean but we know Tyler Boyd is good. We know A.J. Green is good. We've seen Auden Tate make some fantastic catches, and, and John Ross and T. Higgins there, Joe Mixon. So I, I feel like the Bengals have improved their overall offense more than than the uh, Cardinals did, despite the fact the Cardinals added DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but I, I don't know, I guess if we're going to – Call for I, I'm gonna say Murray just because I think they're gonna be behind more.
3: Yeah, I mean I I definitely had Murray ahead of Joe Burrow. So
1: Okay. Thought it was an interesting question. It was actually kind of a tough answer for me, but I but I like it. All right. So if Drake stays healthy, do we think he's the guy to carry the load for Arizona?
2: Yes.
3: Yeah, I think everything they did, giving him the franchise tag, moving David Johnson suggests that they think that too.
1: All right, just got to stay healthy. That I guess is going to be the biggest thing for him. Hopkins was a stud in Houston, uh, but that did come with a lot of volume. We know that regardless if he had two, three, six defenders covering him, Watson was forcing the ball to Hopkins, and he was usually coming down with it. Do we see any kind of fall from him going to Arizona based solely on possibly not getting the volume he got in Houston?
2: I think we see his numbers coming down based solely on the fact that if you look at top wide receivers changing teams, they historically suffer a a reduction in their statistical output. If anybody could could not have that happen, I guess it could be Nuke. But I, I'm expecting him to, to have some regression.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair assumption, too. If you looked at last year for the Cardinals, they had two guys over 100 targets, 109 for Fitzgerald, 108 for Kirk. But that's nowhere near the kind of target share that he was getting in Houston. You figure – you know those guys are still there. He's going to take some targets away from them, but you could end up with, uh, you know, more more passing work for the running backs because last year, you know, Drake and Johnson combined were um, only about 90 targets. So, it just he's probably on, you know, an offense with a few more options, and also he's on a he, he's on a team where you have to wonder if Murray, if they start rolling coverage to DeAndre Hopkins because he's the best player on the field and other guys come open, is Murray going to hit the other guys where it seemed like Watson was like, I'm looking around. I know there's 27 people on you, DeAndre, but I'm still throwing you the ball.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that volume was amazing. So are Fitz Kirk or my guy, Hakeem Butler, at all fantasy relevant in 2020?
2: I think Kirk is. I think Kirk is going to be the clear number two wide receiver. Um, Fitzgerald, I, you know, he he's going to be a bye week prayer. I think.
3: Yeah, I mean, we keep thinking Fitzgerald's going to take a step back. One of these day, uh, you know, one of these years, it's actually going to happen. I think uh, Kirk is likely to be their number two receiver um also so i think he will take a little step back
1: akeem butler wide receiver 26 this year you heard it here first no i'm, I'm just kidding yeah i, I agree it's probably going to be kirk uh i'll be interested to see what Fitz can do I mean, again, he finishes wide receiver 37 last year that's not bad depending on how deep of a league you're playing in i'm wondering if maybe having a guy like hopkins and then kirk on the outside when he's healthy might free up some room uh, for Fitzgerald, because of this next question, is tight end worth drafting at all in Arizona?
2: Who's the tight end in Arizona?
1: I think it's still Charles Clay. I no. honestly don't know. It,
2: it, actually, it's not. It's
1: Dan Arnold. It's Dan Arnold. I did the research. I take that back. Uh, Do we trust Dan Arnold?
2: No.
3: <laughs> I didn't even know Charles Clay was still He wasn't kicking, kicking in the end. Even
1: last year, he was the the tight end from last year. It's Dan Ordle, Darrell Daniels, whoever that is, and Max Williams. That is all the tight ends they have on their roster.
3: I'm going to say they have receivers and running backs, and they don't really need tight end.
2: Yeah, that's the basis of Kingsbury's offense.
1: All right, over and unders before we get out of here today. Let's start with the quarterback position, old Kyler Murray. I know where me and Matt are going on this one. QB seven, I am going under. What about you two?
2: I'm going to go under two. I think I had him at QB five, if I remember correctly. So. Oh, did
1: you? I don't remember where you had him at. All right, so we're all going under. Five, wait two. a minute.
2: I might have had him at seven, actually. You but... had him at six. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, nothing like that, Lamar Jackson at five call. God, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that to come true. Uh, ADP of fifty seven. He is a third quarterback off the board, just ahead of him, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. I can't imagine you are taking him over one of those two, but would would you guys take him over Mahomes? La- I was going to call him Mahomes, La- Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes.
2: No.
3: I would take him over Lamar Jackson.
1: Yeah! Let's go! I like it. You know what? I'm I'm not taking him over Mahomes ever, but uh, I would take him over Lamar. I like it. That's kind
3: of personal preference. Also, I try as hard as humanly possible not to have any what? But I have questions whether Jackson's going to be able to physically endure his playing style.
1: Hey, I like it. You're, you're placating to the host, and I love it. I love it. It, may, it makes my heart happy. Right behind him, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson. You taking any of those three over Murray?
2: If I remember my rankings correctly, I'm taking all of them over Murray. <laughs> uh,
1: I might take um, Dak over him. Well, if we're going strictly on our rankings, I'm not taking any of them over Murray because I had Murray at two. Uh, it would be close for Watson for me. I still believe in Watson for the most part, but I'd still probably take Murray over him. Uh, I would just, for maybe like one out of ten times, I'd take Watson just to kind of divvy up my shares a little bit. Uh, but we all know I don't do that, so I usually draft the same players <laughs> all the time. Canyon Drake, RB 13 in 2020, over or under?
3: I'm going to go with under.
2: I'm gonna go, boy. I, I I feel like over is is where I'm at with it, but it's, well,
3: we'll ne- we'll know two Thursdays from now.
2: Yeah,
3: we'll
1: do our running back rankings. Yeah.
2: yeah, what was that number thirteen?
1: Thirteen.
2: Yeah, right. I, I think I'm gonna go over, uh, in part because I feel like. I don't think I still think they're going to struggle to score some, and when they do score, it's going to be uh, more in the passing game. Um, I do think Drake is the guy there, though; uh, he's the unquestioned starter. So, I mean, but when I look at the list of people, you know, it's it's kind of a push, but I'll I'll say over. Thanks for letting me work through that.
3: <laughs> wrong, and buddy. on uh two thursdays from now when dennis has Kenyon drake as rb yeah <laughs>
1: uh, i'm gonna go slight over as well um i i think 13 is probably where i'm gonna end up having him uh, or right at 12 but I, I think this is like the perfect range for him take a little bit of support i'm just i'm worried he's gonna miss like a game maybe too because he always seems to get hurt or banged up a little bit uh and i wouldn't be surprised if they try and 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 Split some of the workload if he does get hurt because they've got all the, Eno you know, Benjamin, Chase Edmonds. They've got people who they can come in and, and take some reps if he gets banged up. ADP of 32, he is RB16 off the board, just ahead of him. Cam Akers, Austin Eckler, and Jake Dobbins. Are you taking him over any of those three?
2: Um, probably, I, I lately I tend to be shying away from the rookies in startups and so i'd probably take him over acres and dobbins
3: i would also take him over acres and dobbins
1: i would take see i want to take him over acres but i just said like 30 minutes ago i would take acres over drake so i can't say that i definitely wouldn't take him over dobbins but that's just because i think dobbins is going to be a stud um fuck it i'm gonna take drake over acres whatever under Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, God, and Leonard. Guys, yeah.
3: just listen to the first half of the podcast, take a couple of weeks off,
1: and it's come back for this
3: Arizona Cardinals
1: movie. Split between multiple days. Yeah, just forget I said anything about it because I'm off them now. I'm off them. Fuck it. Uh but Aaron Jones, Swift, and Fournette, you taking any of those three over Drake? Oh, we lost mine.
2: Um, I'm taking I'm probably taking Jones and, and I'm I'm definitely taking Fournette.
1: Yeah, I would.
2: Jones though.
1: Jones, I think easily for me. Uh, C Fournette would be tough. So so would Swift. I really think Swift's going to be good for Detroit, and and I mean, I get that you're probably getting the split year this year, but maybe it's because I look at these too much, like from a dynasty perspective, and just knowing that I'm going to have Swift for four years in Detroit, I think he's going to be the guy for four years in Detroit. I don't know what's going to happen with Drake. I think I take. Jones and Swift for sure. Fournette, I'd probably be a coin flip. I just don't know what I think Jacksonville's going to do. What about you, Matt? uh
3: I would probably take Jones and Fournette. Um, you know, I'm with you in the sense that it would be nice to know. Here's another one where he's on the franchise tag. You know, sometimes we've seen guys on the franchise tag, they just run the crap out of them and then let yeah. him move on. um it's hard to tell if they really like him long-term or if they just wanted to make sure they had another year to find out.
1: All right, DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver five in 2020, over or under? Push?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I guess I'm going to take uh, even look at what the list looks like.
1: Adams. I'm going to
2: say under. I'm going to say under. He's. I feel like he's going to be in the three four range.
1: Yeah, I'll go slight under too. I will as well. I still think he's going to be a stud, but that may be because I own him in so many leagues, and that's. I've, I've, I can't give up on him. ADP of eight is the second wide receiver off the board. Just ahead of him is Michael Thomas. I assume none of us are taking him over Thomas. No. Just behind him, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and Chris Godwin. I would take Adams over him. Godwin, a coin flip. I would not take Tyreek Hill. What about you two? Uh,
2: in my current rankings that I'm working on, I currently have him behind Adams and Godwin. So I'm going to say right now that, yeah, I would take uh, them over him. Um not hill hill is behind him
3: wait you said you had him ranked over them in your current rankings
2: i have adams and godwin oh
3: okay uh yeah i w- i i mean first of all chris godwin i don't know how to quit you so <laughs> that wasn't even a question you yeah, don't even I mean, look that. at the rankings you just hit the button. Um, him and Adams a little bit of a toss up for me. I, I think Adams will have a better season. I forgot until you mentioned it that he's in a contract year and also he you know, Hopkins is in a high volume passing offense and they just moved to get him. Adams, we think, might end up in a low volume pass offense. So I I think Adams might finish twenty twenty higher than Hopkins, but I would still rather have Hopkins for the long term. So I'd probably still take him.
1: Christian Kirk, wide receiver, thirty-two in twenty twenty. Over or under.
2: I'm gonna call for the under.
1: Do we know what he was last year? Thirty-six. Uh, well, he, my my half point he was uh forty-one, but I don't I don't I'd have the full point. And I was only do through week sixteen, so that yeah. might have changed. So.
3: Yeah, hold on. I'm looking full full PPR. He was thirty-eight. So. I, I'm going to take,
1: you You said 32? 32. 32, yes.
3: I'm going to take the over.
1: Uh, I'm going to take the slight under. I think having Hopkins is going to help him out. He's just got to stay healthy. Uh, ADP of 76, wide receiver 36. Just ahead of him, Michael Gallup, Jarvis Landry, and Hollywood Brown. you taking him over any of those three?
2: No, I don't think so.
1: No, I'm not taking him over
3: those either. I mean, he had 108 targets last year. It's not like he didn't get volume.
2: Yeah, that's the argument I make when I'm trying to convince myself to to take between him and Hollywood Brown. You know, how many targets is Brown really going to get? And it's sort of, I go back and forth with those two, Gallup and Landry. It's pretty easy for me, but
1: yeah. Yeah, Hollywood would be the close one for me, but I'd probably still go him because I think he's got a little bit more boom than Kirk does. Right behind him, Henry Ruggs, Michael Pittman, and T. Higgins. You taking any of those three over Kirk?
2: Got a little rookie fever going on back there. Yeah. Um. You know, we're coming back again to the how how my team's built. Do <laughs> do, do I need a veteran floor? Or? Or can I take a, a, a rookie and not have to count on him for a couple of years?
3: Well, if you take Rugs, you may want to not have to count on him for all the years. Yeah, I'd,
2: I'd probably definitely take Kirk over Ruggs. But Pittman and Higgins, I, I feel like, have a very consistent and large upside.
3: Yeah, I would take Pittman and Higgins.
1: As would I. Would not uh, be much of a question for me on those. I, I, I think interview. the real
3: – The real problem for Kirk is Hopkins is not an old player. You know, when it was him and Larry Fitzgerald, you could make the argument that, you know, sooner or later it's going to be Christian Kirk's team. I don't know that you can make that argument anymore.
1: Well, and, and not only that, you have to add, and they have a stud in Hakeem Butler who's going to break out this year, and that's going to that's going to drop Kirk at the depth party. I,
3: I'm not seeing Hakeem Butler on this. Oh, my God. He, oh, I'm he, he is
1: on here, actually. I made sure to put him on this show sheet. I All guess right, so he's Larry, more relevant than Dan Arnold. So. Yeah.
2: Well, he's no Andy Isabella.
1: we do not get Andy Isabella. He sucks. Larry Fitzgerald, wide receiver 37, over or under?
2: think he's going to be over. I, th- I, I think Fitz is hanging on one year too long.
3: Yeah, I think he's going to be over too. There's just, there's not going to be enough uh, volume to support three receivers being in the top 40.
1: I agree with you on that. ADP of 220, wide receiver 92, just ahead of him Randall Cobb, his teammate Andy Isabella, and Kelvin Harmon. Are you taking any of those three overfits?
2: Sometimes <laughs> uh, I probably lean Harmon just based on the age. If it's this late in, and it's a best ball, so two twenty, we're what eighteenth round, seventeenth round. In a best ball, I might grab Isabella, and then. Cobb actually had a decent season last year, and, and Houston's wide open, so I guess I, I would take probably Har- Harmon and Cobb over Fitz.
3: I would take Cobb over him. That's it.
1: Yeah, Cobb for sure. Har- as much as I love Harmon, I, I think AJG is probably better. So I, I don't know if I if I can trust Harmon to to ever really break out. Yeah. Hakeem Butler is this even really a question? Wide receiver forty four hey,
3: over. You skipped over the. The typo. Oh, yeah. And they, apparently Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga is being drafted just behind Larry. M- yes. I assume that you mean Russell Gage. Russell
1: Gage, yeah. Russell, Gage, yeah. <laughs> Russell Gaga, MBS, or Muhammad Sanu. You taking any of those three over Fitz?
2: I'm definitely taking Lady Gaga over him.
1: Yeah. Same. 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 Um,
2: I'm, looking I, I'm taking Sanu over him. Uh, Gage – you know, I I didn't follow him close enough when he came on last year, so I still don't know enough about him. Um, I'd probably take – you know, honestly, I'd probably take all all three of them and MVS and, and Russell Gage basically because Fitzgerald is 100 and they're 25.
1: Yeah, I was about to call a party foul on that one because you pump up MVS like every other episode, it seems. If you weren't going to take him over Larry Fitzgerald, I mean, come on. You got
3: to you know, stay on
1: brand here, Dennis.
3: You're the reason I have like five shares of MVS because of the drafts <laughs> in the last couple of months. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, anyway.
1: I would take uh, all three. Matt, what about you?
3: Uh, you know, I mean, you're talking about a collection of probably wide receiver threes. I think I'd still take Fitzgerald over them.
1: All right, now back to the best wide receiver on that team outside of DeAndre Hopkins, Hakeem Butler, wide receiver forty-four. Over, under,
3: any Way takers? Over.
1: Under. Way. Any over. takers on the under? I'm taking the under.
3: Is wide receiver one hundred and eighty-nine over? I believe it is.
2: Is uh, uh, is are we talking with the Cardinals or his next yeah.
1: team? <laughs> We're the he's talking
3: about it. in the ex, in the third iteration of the XFL,
1: the CFL this year this year just you watch much like my hate for lamar jackson i will continue to support my boy hakeem butler i just threw him on there for fun because i mean he's on there with guys like riley ridley i don't even know who joe reed is so joe yeah reed that's, that's...
3: is uh the rookie that they took uh for the chargers for the people that don't understand that kj hill is better
1: gotcha yes he is better all right so dan arnold even though tight ends really don't matter in arizona tight end 34 over or under
3: is he simply going at tight? Or oh, you're just projecting tight end thirty four. I was gonna say yeah, I'm projecting. Are people just end. drafting him because he exists? Yes. So yes. From the I, I'm, gonna, part. I'm gonna go over.
1: <laughs> yeah, me as well. As am I? Yes, as you will see now here in the over unders why he he is uh, just being drafted. Uh, ADP of two forty. He is the forty first tight end off the board. Just ahead of him, Josh Oliver, Caden Smith, and Khalil Waring. Are you taking any him over any of those three?
2: Maybe Smith, but I'm taking Oliver and Waring over, over Arnold.
3: I mean, at that point in time, I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't matter.
2: Well, so here would be my case for taking him over Smith. So Arnold is fairly athletic. So he's a four six five four seven guy, I think. Caden Smith ran a four nine. Yes, he came out of Stanford, but you know he he was one of those run five yards, catch the ball, fall down kind of tight ends. Is
3: is Caden Smith the backup in for the Giants? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Backs up Evan. The only reason I would say that that would be you'd have to take him is because Evan Ingram's good for about five games a year, which means Caden Smith's gonna. (laughs) <laughs> probably start double digit games.
2: Now let's see here. They I feel like the Giants have somebody else there as well.
1: Well they, um, they moved titles. to sign Not Witten, really. but yeah. Uh yeah so and they also have uh based on the ADP data here there's literally no other tight ends being drafted after Dan Arnold. So they also have Levine Toilolo and Eric Tomlinson on the Giants uh, behind Caden Smith and it's
2: yeah, I think they're going to be running a bunch of four wide. You know, maybe, maybe my guy Corey Coleman will make the field if Shepard gets hurt.
3: Man, you know what? If Corey Coleman and MVS have like one week where both of them make it into the wide re- top fifty wide
1: receivers, we're
3: going to have to tranquilize Dennis to make it through a show. <laughs>
1: All right, that will do it for us today. That finishes up the NFC. We will be back on next Monday with AFC stuff. We might be back on Thursday. I unfortunately kind of broke part of my laptop this weekend. So depending on how quickly I can get that fixed, uh, if I can, we will be back on Thursday. If not, we will see you guys again on Monday. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will talk to you guys again soon.
2: Right on.
0: Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your on ready? I came like out the wrong line already. And he's the end zone! For an unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with lead. Golly! Or Only they tackle the in the corner? Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can! I can.